Welcome back officially to Tiny Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. This is the show where we talk a topic of the week, a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Sometimes we do it in a sheer method, a sheer aspect. Most times we do it in a radio format, a radio method, and a radio platform. Weekly at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes we do it in a different time if there's something else I have to get accomplished that night. So tonight we're doing it at a special time, but if you're listening to us after the fact anyway, and then no matter, doesn't matter, you can listen on your own time anytime. You can listen to us on Sheer Enjoyment Radio on the app, on Apple App Store, or on the Google Play Store. You can listen to us on the Key Radio on the Sheer Enjoyment Radio app station on the Key Radio. You can listen to us on JRoot Radio on the app, on the website. On the channel, you can, of course, call us at 520-453-8302. 520-453-8302 is our number. You can email us at sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com as well. And, of course, you could always message me. You can email me at maximumtee at yahoo.com. You could also email us at sheerenjoymentradio at gmail.com. I want to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Actually, very near and dear to myself. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of books, a huge, huge fan of reading. I actually wanted to talk about this topic a long time ago on the Tani Talks Life series, but it didn't seem like it was the the right aspect, the right forum, and the right medium yet, Baruch Hashem, Tani Talks Radio was born last year, thanks to the wonderful support, the wonderful help at the wonderful people at Sheer Enjoyment, SheerEnjoyment.com, quality content, quality, quality Rabbanim, quality speakers, quality lectures and shiurim on their website, SheerEnjoyment.com, thanks to them, we're trying this out, hopefully it works for the year and beyond, and we go bigger, better, and and further, bigger, better, and further, rather, excuse me. And, of course, we are hosted by Radio.co, the easiest way to have your own radio station. I am no tech genius at all on any level. But thanks to the wonderful people at Radio.co, they helped me make the app for Apple App Store and Google Play Store and, and helped me set up the whole station to be able to have this wonderful show of Tiny Talks Radio. One of the coolest things, though, to be able to do on a on a weekly basis, obviously besides with the radio show, to be able to relax as a hobby, as leisure, is to be able to actually sit down and enjoy a wonderful, wonderful book. You know, we want it to be that we want to use our time and we use our ability to actually calm down and actually feel that we are on the ability to to relax and rest. And when when we need to rest, we need to find a way to do so in a proper form and a proper method. So for me, the best way, the best leisure is actually having the books. I love a book. I love, I love getting lost in a book, reading a book, following the story, following the arc, following the climax of the story. If it's really good storyline, it's really good characters, you can really get lost in the book. It's really a wonderful thing and a fantastic aspect. So I myself love books. It falls under the idea of leisure. There's a if there's a difference in the areas of occupation. As an occupational therapist, we talk about different aspects of life. We talk about different parts of our life that we want people to be functional and independent in, especially in that of play and leisure. Play, more likely than not, has rules and set guidance of how to go about them. You think about playing Monopoly, there are many rules involved. You think about throwing a ball, there are no rules involved. You think about reading, there's no actual rules involved. You open the book, you read. But if you want to play a game or whatnot, there are actual rules involved. We talked about this at a different lecture a lot more. So when you have the book, you open it, and you could just rest and relax. You could be leisurely into the book. I love reading. I love books. Getting lost in a novel is awesome, especially when it is my favorite genre. That is of mystery, suspense, and thriller. That's the best. When when your heart is bumping, your heart gets it's pounding, beating fast, seeing the scenes, reading the scenes, getting into the climax, and seeing the very intense aspects. So, you know, I used to, a long time ago, Before I moved over to Jewish books, I used to read Grafton and Kellerman and Patterson. Very good books, but they weren't really the best, you know. There was unnecessary aspects, unnecessary elements to it. As a good Jewish person, good Jewish boy, I wanted to go towards the better aspects. So, over the years, my wife and I were trying to find better novels to read, and lo and behold, thank God, in the last couple of years, we found it. Thanks to Shar Press and Masora, Menucha Publishers and... Sufta Publishers and Israel Bookshop and Feldheim, they all have excellent, excellent books, fantastic books, and I will tell you some of the best authors that I've seen are like Reva Perlman, Reva, Reva Pomerantz, excuse me, Ruthie Perlman, 
excellent, excellent. Her books are fantastic, especially Colin and Leora series, where I actually got the third one. We read the first two. Those are the best, my favorite ones. She also has the Ya'al Root stories. Those are very good, like A Private Detective, which kind of replaces me reading the Grafton series back in the day, A Female Detective, Private Eye. And now Ruthie has her character, Ya'al, who's like the Private Eye, so that does it for me. And then Colin and Leora is like the, the murder mystery cop duo, kind of takes over the Patterson ideas for me. And then, you know, I actually found a book, Detective by Design, which kind of takes over the Sherlock Holmes idea, a Jewish Orthodox woman who is the main character figuring things out. That takes it over for me as well. So we're able to find those things. And then, like, the the James Bond kind of a guy, that's also from uh, Yona Sapir, has a great book series with uh, Ayal. Ayal Gaboa, I believe. I can't remember his name. He actually has two new books that my wife read through like water, and I have to catch up on. Of course, I have many, many books on my... People say they have the books on the night table on their dresser. Actually, our books are in the the dining room piece or on top of our little bookshelves in the in the living room, and many books that we went through are in our free lending library downstairs in our basement. More on that later. So we switched over to Jewish novels many years ago, and for me... All of these aspects, we talked about this a lot in the Hobbies and Games lecture, the Hobbies and and Games episode on Tani Talks Radio. I needed to find the Jewish alternatives to different things. Yidflix is like the Jewish response to Netflix. Yidpod is like the Jewish response to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So the Jewish response to music for me, rap and R&B, that's described in Nissan Black, is like who I need to listen to. It fulfills my need for rap, my need for R&B and stuff like that. I need that kind of a stuff for Jewish books. My response, my need is the Menucha publisher books. You know, Ruthie Perlman, Riva Pomerantz are excellent ones. Jonas Sapir is an excellent author. I read uh, Chaim Eliav I've tried in the past. And I just read a Yair, I forget his name already, but he was a good he was a good author as well. I just read it, uh, The Burning Questions, Weinstock. Also very good book. I need it to be where there's like action, suspense, uh, thriller, mystery, drama. That's really my type of a book. An emotional book is harder for me. Reba Pomerantz is an excellent, excellent, excellent writer, but a lot of her books have emotional aspects. She comes at it as a psychologist with a psychologist's husband. But there are different books out there, fascinating books out there, fantastic books out there. We just need it to be that we fulfill that need, that, that craving of that hobby to be fulfilled in the right way. Of course, we're talking a lot more about that in hobbies and games. But getting lost in that novel is fantastic. Unfortunately, the past couple of weeks, past couple of months, I've been so, so tired that when Shabbos comes and those times we had Yom Tov come, I was just so tired I opened the book and I would fall asleep literally into the book, not even get a page. When I have my energy and I have my ability, I'm able to read the book and I really can read for hours, especially it's a book you can't put down. You know the feeling of of a book that's so good, you literally can't put it down, you don't want to put it down, you don't want it to end? A book like that was like that was the um, hidden book by uh, either Rachel Istrin or... Someone else, but those are also very good books. M. Kanana is very good books. A lot of books out there that are fascinating and very, very, very good. I, I literally could not put down the book. You know, um, Green Greenbaum, I forget his first name, Michael Greenbaum, Michael, Yair Green, Chaim, Chaim Greenbaum maybe? Whatever his name is also has really, really good books. He had three fascinating books. One of them was Fingerprint and the Mexico File and The Will, I believe. Those are really good. And when they're like 600 pages, I feel like that's a good Gazunta book. I feel like when it has a lot, a lot of pages by definition, it's going to be a good book. It's going to be a good series and it's going to be a good journey to take the ride along in the book itself. So we switched over to Jewish novels many years ago once we got married and we wanted to have better books in our arsenal. You know, they have clean books and clean topics, Jewish themes and Jewish topics, Jewish publishers. You know it's going to have elements of uh, of rabbis and davening and learning. Really good stuff involved and fascinating stories that we've read. So once we had the books and we started accumulating so many books, a person can only read so many books. And once you read the book, I don't really like to read a book a second time. Just like I don't have the, I don't like to see a movie a second time. I don't like to see a TV series usually a second time either. So what am I going to do with all these books? I'm just going to hoard them and do nothing with them. I'm just going to hold on to them and let them sit and collect dust and collect dirt over the years how about we find a better solution of what to do with it of where to go with it and how to let someone else benefit from them and get out of them and actually use them in their own way 
So our solution was the FLL, the Free Lending Library, which we do out of our basement. We have a special back basement entrance like the cellar door. Someone tells us they want to take out a book, no problem. We set up a time that they come, they come through. I set them up with a checkout sheet, and I let them peruse the whole bookshelf that has all our books, kid books and adult books. Now we have maybe 30, 40 books that are available for lending, and some books are out in the town all over the place. I don't even know where they are. God willing, we'll get them back. But it's in our back basement entrance. The, our phrase, our tagline, is free Jewish novels to borrow for adults and kids alike. For an appointment or more information, please email Tani at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. For sponsorships or donation opportunities to help grow the FLL, please email Tani. Maximum TEE at yahoo.com. Thanks. If you're in our town, you're in our neighborhood, you're more than welcome to use our FLL, to take books out of our FLL, but obviously it's really meant for our town, for our community, for our neighborhood, for people who live here, so they could get it back to us and then we could keep giving out to people in the town. The FLL, the Free Lending Library. My goal, my vision, my dream is one day to knock down our back shed, which is Famacht. Uh, it's a Taniism. I made that word up. It's really Shmachi, another Taniism. It's really on the way out. I'd like to knock it down. I'd like to shave down the trees a little bit and get a nice storage unit, maybe brick, maybe not, as long as it's weatherproof. I don't care if it's sterilite or, or uh, rubber made or whatever, but that it's insulated inside. The books are safe and protected. I'd like one of those 8x13 or 10x15 storage units that are fully packed with just shelves of books. People could come in. We'd put a lock on the outside with a combination. I'd give them the combination if they want to take out a book and they could do it on their own time. I'd put some lighting if they want to come on the outside, maybe heating on the inside, possibly lighting on the inside if they come in the cold winter months. And then they could take their time, maybe even put a chair in there if they want to sit and peruse the books and try to see if they like it or not. But let it be that they actually have the ability to go through the books and let it be a walk-in type of a lending library. That's a goal for the future of the FLL. I would love for that to happen, like to take up the whole back space, really shave down those trees and, and knock down that shed that's useless, basically, made out of like metal. Of course, we put everything in the garage, so the shed is, is really counterproductive, not helpful. The FLL is the idea that we thought of the free lending library that we do. Of course, it's free. It's a chesed that we feel like is our our way of giving to the town, giving to the community. I reached out to one of my shuls, the Young Israel, uh, a couple of months ago, maybe a year or so now. Um, they put us in and uh, for free. So nice of them. They put us in on Fridays as part of the Daily Digest email. On Thursdays, they put us in as part of the Daily Digest email, the FLL, like a community resource. And then on Shabbos, Friday, they put us in the Friday newsletter for Shabbos, all the way at the bottom, a little ad for the FLL. Thank God it's generated a little interest, a little ability. Slowly but surely, people are remembering, hopefully, that we do this for the town. And I'd love for more people to come, and it would be like an epic thing where I have people every night, all the time, coming. But it is for lending out these types of books. Feldheim, Art School, Sharp Press, Menucha Publishers, which is my favorite, Tufta, Israel Press, and the like. You know, when you have a good story, when you have good characters, when I don't want to put down the book and I can't wait to read it again to pick up where I was before, my friends in the story, whether on Shabbos or Yom Tov, that's the sign of a good book. You know, you try to read it only in those times to enhance Shabbos, to enhance the Yom Tov. It really makes it a more enjoyable experience, really makes it a more wonderful experience. When I want to pick up with those characters, my wife talks about often how Harry Potter, Lahavdal, for her was like her friends growing up because you're engrossed in the story, you're engrossed in the characters, you relate to the characters, you relate to the themes, you relate to people in the book and the stories. It really can connect to you. It really could speak to you. A lot of times I feel like there's nothing better when the kids are sleeping and the lights are burning on Shabbos and everything's calm and serene and quiet. My wife and I open a really good book and we could, you know, cozy up to the book and, and, and really and delve in the book. And especially when we swap books, we could talk about which characters we like, which which storylines we like, which aspects of the story we like. Was it realistic? Was it not? Those are really good elements that I like. It's really one of my favorite things, if not my favorite time of the entire week. I call it the climax of my week. Really, when we sit down with that book, Friday nights, nighttime after everybody's sleeping, the kids, really is a wonderful thing to do. And now with the, the clocks being changed... Really, the Shabbos is coming earlier, and there is hopefully more reading time, technically. We want it to be that we're able to read, and it's possible to read, and, and we use the time wisely to read. 
so that we can get that part of the of the Shabbos done, so that we could really delve in the most awesome part, to me, of uh, resting on Shabbos, to be able to do that on Friday night. Unfortunately, a lot of times it doesn't go like that, I'm too tired, and, and this and that doesn't work out, but oftentimes I try to. Also, there is a wonderful and awesome public library by us. It's literally a 10-minute walk away from our house. They have great programs. They have great books. We've gotten books from my wife and I for many years. We got a grad school books from my wife. She's in grad school currently. Um, an online program for a couple of years. So it's a really, really wonderful resource. They've done really cool cooking programs in the past as well. When there was a Kosher Culinary Institute, it, it since then has shut down, unfortunately. They have come to us as well in the wonderful library by us. just had to take a drink, sorry. So in general, it's good to be involved in books, it's good to be involved in the library. I also highly recommend mom and pop bookstores. I wish there were Jewish mom and pop bookstores, that would be very cool. Obviously there is sort of versions, you know, Judaica stores sell books, especially Eichler's, you know, Judaica World, Judaica Plus, Long Island Judaica, the one by us. There's many different ones, but a mom and pop store is a very interesting concept, especially... You know, for those other books in the olden days when we would find them. I don't know many bookstores nowadays. I remember growing up there was Walden Books and there was Borders and, and there was Barnes and & Nobles and other ones. I think most of them shut down, I would say, except for a couple of niche, you know, mom-and-pop stores, Shakespeare stores or little coffee shop stores. Barnes & Nobles is the, is the one that's still flying high. Somehow, some way, they made it and they stayed in business. I don't really know where the books go. You know, books are being published. Where are they being sold if not Barnes & Nobles? Like, what are the current bookstores that are around besides for Barnes & Nobles? I don't, I don't even know any that still exist besides for Barnes & Nobles. But they must be out there. I'm sure they are. And you do a quick Google search, and there's really not that much out. So there's Amazon Books. There's, of course, Barnes & Nobles. There's Bookman's. There's Books A Million. There's De- Deseret Book and Seagull Books. There's Follies, half Friends Books and Hudson News which is at airports and train stations, but there's really not so many bookstores chains. If you look at Wikipedia, you know, there's not so many left. There's really not so many left. In in around the world, there are different places, but you look in in America, in Israel, there's Komakaza, former chain, still exists in one store, there's Steinmetzky and Somet Svarim, and in around the world, there's really not so many left. You, you do a, a search... There's really not so many. But in the United States, there's Amazon Books, there's Barnes & Noble's, again, Booksman, Books A Million, Deseret Books, Follett's, Half Price Books, Hudson News, which is at airports and train stations, really. Joseph Beth Booksellers also operates Davis Kid Booksellers in Nashville and Memphis. There's Kino Kuyina, Powell Books, Schuler Books, and, and Music and Tattered Cover. But really, there there's not so many left. And the ones that are defunct is Atlantic Books, and Dalton was one of them, Borders was one of them. Uh, Coles, Crown Books, David Kidd, Encore, Family, Christian Stores, Fry's Electronics, Hastings, Crunches, and Brentos, Media Play, Oxford, and Walden Books. They were very, very famous ones. But now, you really don't have many something left. Amazon is killing the competition. Barnes & Noble is really the main one left that I know about, even though we look at this list from Wikipedia, which is very sad because the bookstores, I remember growing up, I remember those were fantastic. I remember those were very interesting. I thought those were very, very cool. And I felt like when it was coming to that kind of a thing, when it was coming to that kind of an aspect, that's there's nothing like a real store, going in the store, touching the books, feeling the books, you know, trying to see if you like the books, trying to see if it's something that could that could be good for you, if it works for you. These kind of things are, are, are the are things we want. The books a real bookstore is amazing to be able to have those books in your hands to see and read the back cover see if you like those books see if you can participate in those books it's really fantastic to have a real store and unfortunately there really is not so many stores out there that are left so one time we were in the city and we were going and we actually found a mom and pop store that was there there was a a store there and it was really, really cool to go into that store. We went to the books. We looked at the books. We were, you know, seeing what was out there. But if you could find a, a possible bookstore, of course, a library is a great idea also. These are things to be involved in. And it's important to read. It's important to be involved in. And not just because it's a wonderful hobby, a wonderful pastime. You don't have to only open a novel. You don't have to only open a book. 
magazines are great and newspapers are great too you know there's so many out there there's you know Jewish press and there's uh, the Jewish link and there's Hamodiah, there's Mishpacha there's so many out there I can't even name them the Jewish week, the Jewish home there's so many out there but reading is super important and, and reading really lets you use your imagination and your creativity nowadays shows and movies they force you, they tell you what to think they tell you what to see and when a book is brought to life that's the problem with a movie or a play or a TV show being based on a book being based on a series they show you who they think is supposed to be played so when you think about Harry Potter Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter like if you thought Harry Potter had to look a little bit of brown hair even though it says jet black hair in the, in the book you know if you had a picture of what he looked like in your mind now it's overrun it's over played by the the idea of the Warner Brothers what they decided Harry looks and Ron looks like and Hermione and Hagrid and everybody liked that and Dumbledore even though there was two Dumbledores I felt like the first one looked better and was kinder of course he passed away unfortunately they had to replace him but in general like this is the idea a book is always better you can use your imagination there's so many reasons why we should read and it's important for us to read it's important for our kids to see us reading so they'll be excited to read many schools have the the push to read my kids go to the community school in our town and every month they do the book order I actually just put their book order in today for my two sons who are in school my uh, two girls obviously are not there yet the girlie's in preschool the little girlie's a baby but i love that they do the book orders the kids get so excited usually they bring the book order forms and they usually choose which books to do this one they did it digitally so i chose some books that i hope they'll like when they get excited to read it's such a wonderful thing there's so many benefits to reading and i'm going to bring to you a couple of websites in my little search that i found that talk about wonderful things about reading EverydayHealth.com points out that more Americans, unfortunately, are reading fewer books overall, raising questions about the possible health impacts. According to a survey conducted in 2021 by the Pew Research Center, 23% of American adults reportedly did not read any part of a book in either paper or electronic form over the previous 12 months. That is sad. That is so sad. This trend also holds true among children. The Pew Research Center reports that the number of children and adolescents ages 9 to 13 who read for fun, for fun, is the lowest it's ever been. I read for fun every Shabbos Blineder and Yom Tov Blineder and Mirza Shemblianhar. I try to, I try to, just for fun because I love to read. I love to actually open the book, the feel of the book, the smell of the book. Oftentimes my wife will open a book, especially when we buy some, and I'm a little bit of a bookaholic. I'll buy new books, whatever books from especially Manucha publishers, not because any other reason, if you know my family, there's a special reason why, but besides for that, it's really awesome and fun to read. Unfortunately, though, now for kids, especially 9 to 13, it's the lowest it's ever been that they read for fun. While reading of any form can be beneficial, research suggests that reading traditional paper books over digital forms may be superior due to readers' abilities to more effectively recall events and overall timeline in a given story. Researchers also note, however, that comprehension may be similar across both formats. Additionally, according to Harvard Business Review, while nonfiction offers opportunities for language development and learning, literary fiction may offer even more benefits, including empathy, critical thinking skills, and more. Due to an increasingly fast-paced lifestyle and seemingly endless responsibilities, reading may be on the bottom of your list of priorities, but that definitely should be something that is worth reconsidering. It is so important to read. It is so important to be involved in reading, even if I don't get to sit on a daily basis. Even if I don't get to sit on a weekly basis and actually read, being involved in learning and in, in trying to do daf and trying to do shtayim mikra and different emails, that by definition, unfortunately, is not the best kind of reading, you know, reading for the sake of reading especially Torah literature and Torah aspects just for the fun of it. But unfortunately, I feel the, the need to, to get through the daf, to get through the Torah, but at least that is reading in a, in a special way, special learning. Of course, learning is the ultimate and the top, especially Judaic sources and Judaic topics. But for these kids and in people in general, reading is so low that it's the lowest point in recent history. Very sad. It's so much 
sadness involved in lacking in the reading. I know there's a lot of problems in the world, and this is very small amongst them, but it may be worth, it very much is worth reconsidering to get involved in reading, and we're going to try to prove it to you here. Realsimple.com points that there's nothing like the smell of old books or the crack of a new one's spine. There's also nothing like the smell of a new book, I would add. Plus, you'll never run low on battery. As it turns out, diving into a page-turner can also offer benefits for your health and happiness. Although more and more people own ebooks, it seems safe to say that real books aren't going anywhere yet, God willing, ever. And these benefits of reading are here to stay. When it comes to actually remembering what you're reading, you're better off going with a book than you are an ebook. The feel of paper pages under your fingertips provides your brain with some context, and I would add it's a sensory experience as an OT, which can lead to a deeper understanding and better comprehension of the subject you're reading about, Wired reports. So to read the benefits of a good read, opt for the kind with physical pages. Sensory-wise as well, we talk about this in the first season of the OT Show podcast, formerly called OT Talk with Mr. T. Now, of course, we call it Tani Talks OT. Much better name, thanks to my mentor, Rabbi Seltzer, changing around all of our podcasts to Tani Talks X, Tani Talks Y, Tani Talks Blank. This is something we talk about. We talk about the e-reader versus the main reader, and in my definition, my opinion, the real book is always the winner. Of course, it takes up a lot more room, it's heavier, it's more expensive, but really it might not be more expensive because we'll talk about this in a minute. You have to buy the Kindle, you have to buy each book, and each book is not so cheap. You know, a lot of audiobooks I've bought also, and I've bought uh, e-reader books. They're not always so much cheaper. An audiobook itself could cost a good $10, $12, $13. A Kindle version could cost also 10 or so dollars. It's going to add up, so maybe you save a couple of dollars. But if you find a way, you know, a second-hand bookstore, or you find it, like, slightly used, if you're okay with that, there are ways to save money on the books, too. Theprintauthority.com explains also why books, real books, for the love of books, are better than the e-reader. Books require no power to operate, so you can read them in any environment with light. You don't need power to recharge a book. Quote-unquote, recharge. You can also easily write, highlight passages, or dog-ear pages in a book, although some book lovers may frown upon doing so. Many users report having more eye strain reading digital editions than physical books. I could tell you it's very Excuse me, very difficult for me to read these e-readers. I actually do not enjoy it. It takes away from the experience. I have tried an e-reader, the Sony e-reader. I haven't tried the Kindle, but having a lot of books on the reader was cool, but I never read more than one book at a time anyway. It's not physically possible. And it's not it's not enjoyable, you know, pressing the button forward or back. It's not so enjoyable. It's cool technology, but it's not really enjoyable. It strains the eyes and it's you're holding a tablet basically. You're holding an oversized phone. Reading on a phone for me or on a tablet for me, an e-reader is not good. I don't like it. There's more physical strain in the eyes when reading the physical than when reading with physical books, which are better for the eyes. In addition, it is much easier to work with multiple books and sources, for example, to write a research paper or to read a series, a book series, to go back and forth finding the characters. When dealing with physical books, it is also usually easier to keep track of specific pages or passages in physical books since the pages never change. Many studies confirm that reading comprehension is better with physical books than with e-books. Although young people may read more quickly on an e-reader than the speed and potential distractions of links, scrolling, and advertisements usually mean people remember and retain what they are reading better in physical books. Many readers also enjoy the touch and feel of holding and turning the pages of a book. I will tell you as an OT and as an avid book lover and reader, the real pages of a book, there's nothing like it. Physical books can be borrowed and gifted or sold. You can also borrow books easily from the library. Also, in the case of a book that has special value to a reader or is an antique, it can be retained for a lifetime without worrying about e-reader compatibility or e-book formatting. Hopefully it doesn't yellow over time, it doesn't fade over time, it doesn't wilt or rot or mild or moldy or anything like that if you keep it in good condition and a good place. Lastly, books have some decorative value as they are placed on bookshelves for later use. Sam Holstein points out on his website, books are cheaper. Books help you retain more. Books are easier to take notes in. And it's nice to see new books when you walk into a store, a mom-and-pop store, even a Barnes & Noble store. It's easier to go to see things and to understand what's around. And when you go to the library, you can see other books that are around. When you look at a bookstore, when you look at a library, it's easier to loan books. And you actually own them physically. When you buy a book, it's actually yours 
some people say that when you buy an e-reader, when you buy a, a one of these Kindle books, one of these electronic versions of books, you're really leasing it, you're really renting it, you really don't own it. But when you buy a physical book, you really do own it, and you could always lend it. That's the whole idea. Can you imagine if we only had e-books? You can't lend anything out. You can't have an FLL. You can't have a free lending library. It would totally undercut the whole value, the whole purpose of what we try to do in the free lending library itself. You can borrow books easily from an actual library. In the case of a book that it's an antique, or, or in case of a book that's not made anymore, you have it and it goes up in value. They have decorative value as well. If you happen to be gifted with the value and the treasure of having a real library, something that would be wonderful for us to have one day. Our house does not have an official library. We have a living room, dining room, kitchen, bathroom. Then we have our basement and the bedrooms and the attic. We keep the books, most of the books in the basement, of course, in that bookshelf that is the free lending library bookshelf. Of course, I told you we keep some books in the, the dining room piece, like a storage piece we got from Wafer. And then, of course, we keep some books on top of the two mini bookshelf units that I assembled last year. And a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of kid books in those couple of shelves, in those bookshelves for the kids. It has decorative value, though. It's very cute to see those books on the bookshelves as well that could be used for later use. So they are cheaper. They are easier to take notes. And you see the new books when you go looking for books. It's easier to loan and you actually own them physically. Going to Jewish libraries and bookstores, a Judaica store, for example, on Lahavdal, going to a regular library and bookstore is a great way to spend your day also. The people you find oftentimes in libraries and bookstores and Judaica stores, especially for the Jewish folk, Oftentimes, these are lovely people. They're the kind of people who would rather talk about the the Roman 3rd century crisis if they're looking at nonfiction or history than talk about the latest fashions. These are people that are actually of like-minded to you if you're a book lover like we are, like my wife and I are. I think we're called the, 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 the people who are involved in loving books. I think it's called a... I forget the name... But it's called a ah a, the love of books according to Wikipedia. I was looking for the link. The love of books is called a bibliophile, someone who loves books. A bookworm is an individual who loves and frequently reads books. This is bibliophilia, or bibliophilism is the love of books. I know it sounds like a weird disease, God forbid, but it really means someone who loves books. The classic bibliophile is one who loves to read, admire, and collect books, often amassing a large and specialized collection. Bibliophiles usually possess books they love or that hold special value, as well as old editions with unusual bindings, autographed, or illustrated copies. Bibliophile is an appropriate term for majority of those who are book collectors as well. It is a type of thing where you love books and you and you collect books. There was actually National Book Lover Day in the summer. We talked about this on one of our shows. And when you love books like we do, it's wonderful to amass a collection and to get the collection and to have them in your library to give them out. It's such a wonderful feeling that we're able to give them out and hopefully, hopefully we'll get more people who are involved and want to be involved in this. So that's bibliophilia is the love of books. A bibliophile is a book lover or a bookworm. And, you know, these are these are the kinds of people you're going to find in the bookstores or in the Judex stores looking at the books. People who love to be involved in reading a book. They would rather own a library than a walk-in closet a general stereotype. People who, who are so into books, who love books, they would rather own them. My wife always says, you know, watching Beauty and the Beast growing up, I would love to have a library like, uh, whatever her name is, in the, and, uh, the Beast had in the, in the movie. I would love to have the Tuffet or the Turret or whatever she calls it, where it's like a, a rounded structure to sit nice and, uh, and have a nook to read it and to have the two-floor a ladder to go up and find other books. So people like that, you know, when you really love books, they'd rather have a library than a walk-in closet. It's a no point for us. Our our closets, if you call them that, that came with our house. We love our house, but it's a little lacking in the storage department. So we have the the kid closet, which is like a. I changed it from uh, from doors. I changed it to like um, a rod with a curtain. The girly room has a tiny, tiny, tiny closet. Our room has a has a closet with a door, but it's two poles sideways, one in front of the other. So a walk-in closet would be great, but people in general would rather have a library anyway than the walk-in closet, too. Bookstores also have wonderful atmospheres. They're quiet, they're friendly, and they actively encourage the act of standard around of standing around reading. They also encourage the, the ability to curl up and cozy up 
and cuddle up with a good book, especially on a cold winter day or on a crisp fall day or on a hot summer day when you want to escape the heat and you can move into a bookstore or a library. We actually went to a library in Cold Spring Harbor in in uh, Long Island, which has a beautiful, beautiful library. It's like overlooking the water. So, so, so beautiful. I wish all libraries were like that. Thank God our library is very nice too, but it's a a little bit of a different effect over there. If you got a lazy Sunday, you're looking for something to do with a friend or with the family or with the kids, visiting a bookstore is a great option. A lot of times, the the bookstore also, I know Barnes and Nobles in the past has had, Barnes and Noble has had like different stuff for kids. They had a little table with trains. They had some different things that the kids could be occupied with because people that are involved in books oftentimes are very friendly people, very warm people very interesting you know my wife once talked about how it would be interesting if she had gotten a library degree to be a librarian instead cool kind of a job but different kind of a job spending the time in a bookstore or library is also a very cool thing to do on a day for the family as well it's also much easier to loan people physical books much more easily you literally can hand them the book that's the whole idea we talked about a few times already tonight about giving the book giving the book out and letting others use it if you don't have the physical copy you can't loan it out healthline.com points out there are many benefits of reading books it can literally positively affect your life it strengthens the brain it increases empathy it builds vocabulary it prevents cognitive decline it reduces stress it aids sleep it alleviates depression and it lengthens the lifespan some simple simple benefits of reading the book. You want the brain to be strengthened. You want to have more empathy. You want to have better vocabulary. You want to make sure you're cognitively with it. You want to make sure that you can reduce the stress by being involved in the books. You want to aid in sleep. You want to alleviate depression. You're lengthening lifespan. Simple. Just read a book. Pop open a book. Be involved in reading the book. It'll totally uplift your day. Totally changes the whole week. Reading a good book really can change the whole outlook. You can have a miserable day, a difficult day, a frustrating day. You pop open that book and, and you read and you vicariously live through someone else. I think that's the word. And you, you technically live through someone else's lens and eyes and stuff you would never do. I would never be a Mossad agent. I would never be a CIA agent or an FBI agent. I would never be a private eye or a detective. It's very cool to see the lens, at least from the author, of these people who are dodging bullets and who are, are setting off bombs and, and involved in car speed chases and motorcycle speed chases. It's kind of like the James Bond of the of the books. You know, the alpha character or the protagonist, you know, trying to, to go here and go there and be involved in trying to save the day and solving the mystery. A very good mystery where you're not, you don't see it coming also is very good. I like when it's a, a mystery I can't figure out. You're trying to see where it goes next, what happens next. Very cool kind of thing to try to see how the story unfolds. Lifehack.com also points out that there are many benefits as well. <laughs> Excuse me. Mental stimulation for your brain. When you read every day, halavai, we should be all zocha to read every day, really reading, you stimulate your mental activity for the brain. When you read, it's a good habit for stress reduction. Everyday concerns will keep bothering you unless you do something to divert your mind. Reading gives you that mental space to occupy yourself with something more interesting. When you read a great story, all your stress seems to slip away and relax you since you tend to travel mentally to a different realm, especially when the story takes place across the pond, or in Israel, or in Europe, or somewhere else, you, your, your brain travels and tries to piece together the environment, tries to piece together the surroundings and the context and the scene in the book. You know, you try to understand your surroundings. It's very cool. You could slip away to a different realm, especially if you're reading a fantasy book, like a, a magic kind of a thing, or, or someone on a different kind of a journey. This is not something we're used to, so you're trying to put yourself in the different realm with different elements. Sometimes while reading, you come across valuable advice or solutions to your problems as well. Reading involves knowledge enhancement as well. One of the great benefits of reading books is that the knowledge you gain from them can never be taken away from you. Unlike worldly possessions, your knowledge will stay with you till the end of time. Although we forget things, hopefully it will stay with you till the end of time. Reading also involves vocabulary expansion. When you develop the habit of reading, you enhance your vocabulary. Reading any type of book can improve your vocabulary to an impressive extent. Having great command over the language is known to help many in their professional and academic life. Moreover, with better vocabulary knowledge, you get to fill yourself with self-confidence when sitting in a group with a knowledgeable audience. 
Reading also improves your memory. Regular reading is a great exercise for your brain. If you read a fictional book, your brain is forced to remember the names and nature of various characters. Going back to their history, remembering events or plots is fun and improves your memory. I remember the M. Kanan books from um, Sharp Press Publishers. It has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of characters. I'm not even sure how the author is able to juggle so many characters. But on the first page of many of her books, it shows the cast of characters because it's so difficult to remember Ferdinand and Charles. I mean, these are not even the real names. Remember Moshe and Shlomo and Shmuel. How are they all related to the story? Are they related to each other? Who's the protagonist? Who's the antagonist? Who's the evil person? Who's the good person in the story? A lot of times they have the context and they have the index. I think Lahav the Lost of the Lord of the Rings. The books are like a gazillion pages each. I never read them. But um, there's a lot, a lot of characters, so it's difficult to follow. So there's a context also and like a, a little um, index to show in the back or the front like uh, to see who the characters are. One of the greatest benefits of reading daily is that your brain becomes super powerful. An amazing fact about our brain is that it can retain a great amount of information. With every new memory, your brain creates new brain pathways or synapses. Moreover, it strengthens your existing memory, helps to recall short-term memory, and stabilizes the mood. How cool is that just for that alone it's benefit it's shaykh it's kadai it's totally worth it to be involved in reading all the time reading also allows for stronger analytical thinking skills if you're still wondering what other benefits of reading regularly are consider this one of the most amazing benefits of reading every day is that it can improve your analytical skills reading mystery novels which i love to do helps you develop skills that can assist you in problem solving. While reading a novel, the disclosure is pretty slow, and your mind is forced to predict or make guesses. Upon disclosure, you get to connect the dots. It's fun to make your brain smarter and enhance your analytical skills. It also feels awesome if you said, Yes, I knew Charlie did it! I knew it was Sam all along. I knew it. He was way too cool and as cool as a cucumber, and he had no emotion. I knew it was him. Subconsciously, the brain is trained to think more smartly and develop strong analytical skills. You can expect to gain from this in your personal and professional life. Reading improves focus and concentration. One of the worst things that technology has done is to make us lazy. Almost everything is available with ease. We hardly make an effort to focus on solving issues or concentrate on bringing about any improvement. Want food? Just open your phone and order it via the app. Want clothes? Again, use an app and try on attires virtually. You can see where you're going with this. You can agree that even we tend to get lazy, don't even put on effort to remember things. Simply put a reminder on the phone and that's it. While reading can bring back the lost power of focus and concentration, if you feel that using modern technology lowers our productivity, then develop the healthy habit of reading every single day. Keeping yourself occupied with reading for about 20-30 minutes can be great for your brain. It can help you with better focus and better concentration. You may have been doing it wrong. For those who still find it difficult to develop or focus or concentrate properly, read every day, 20-30 minutes a day, super helpful, super awesome. That's why even my kids, you know, in first, second grade and beyond, they want them to read 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. They know what they're doing, they know what they're talking about. He might not want to read that long every day, but it's really important and really crucial to help throughout the life. Reading also allows for better writing skills, and God willing, we're going to talk about writing in the future, God willing. If you read if you read more, you will naturally become good at writing skills. Since your vocabulary and pronunciation improve by reading regularly, it eventually makes you a better writer. We're not just talking about writing fiction, books, novels, etc. Even when writing something in every day, personal and professional life, your writing skills would have improved with regular reading. The more you read, the better your writing skills will become. You would tend to focus on various aspects of writing that would allow you to write more effectively than others. Reading also allows for tranquility. How awesome is tranquility? How infrequent is tranquility? It doesn't really come to my life too often. You know, our kids are really wild and really energetic. Thank God, Baruch Hashem, for most of the day. So, when it comes to something like that, we need it to be that reading is involved and reading is important and necessary and reading is so crucial that it allows for all these things and of course it allows for tranquility as well.
Don't you sometimes feel like just getting away from all the hustle and bustle of everyday nonsense? But it's not always cost-effective to plan a trip to get some time in solitude. Reading a book allows you to gain similar tranquility. What's more interesting is that people suffering from high blood pressure or anxiety can find peace in reading. How cool is that? Reading can bring peace and tranquility into your day. Reading can be can bring peace and tranquility into your life. How cool is that? What's more interesting is that, I want to repeat that, people suffering from high blood pressure or anxiety, of course, stress, can find peace in reading. Also, reading is a free source of entertainment. We do spend on money and music and movies, but why? It's for entertainment, isn't it? Then why not simply read books with the same purpose? You would be surprised to know that some of your favorite movies or TV series were made after getting inspiration from some of the greatest novels. What's more interesting is that reading books would cost a lot less and keep you entertained for longer. And oftentimes, I would say most times, the book is always better. There's always a debate. Is the book better? Is the show better? the movie better? Even though the movie and the TV show will visualize it for you, it makes it for you. Again, it takes away what you thought should be shown, what you thought should be seen, and instead it takes away from you. Oftentimes, the book is much, much better. I remember reading one of our books from one of our favorite authors. His book was epic. His book was so, so good. Unfortunately, the movie wasn't nearly as good, and that was depressing and disappointing. But, thank God, at least we have both. And, of course, the books are out there. The JC.com points out, the JewishChronicle.com points out, that children who read regularly do better at school, have larger vocabularies, and are more likely to go to university no matter what their family background is. But also, reading helps children expand their imagination, deal with stress, and can help them empathize with others. In other words, reading makes kids kinder, calmer, and cleverer, more clever. JUF.org points out the Jewish Chicago, if reading could be patented, it would be sold as a wonder drug. The announcement of its health benefits would read like the miracle cures promised by old-time carnival hawkers or today's equivalent, the attention-grabbing ads at the bottom of your screen. Boosts intelligence, improves social skills, scientifically proven to reduce stress. In fact, reading provides these benefits and more. Research published in the journal Neurology reports that reading preserves brain function and slows memory decline. A study by Sussex University shows that reading can reduce stress by as much as 68%. By losing yourself in a thoroughly engrossing book, you can escape from the worries and stresses of the everyday world while exploring the domain of the author's imagination. Cognitive neuropsychologist David Lewis told The Telegraph, Literary fiction in particular can help readers build empathy and improve their interactions with others. Narratives that portray characters' thoughts and feelings expand readers' capacity to understand that other people hold beliefs and desires different from their own. According to research published in Science, understanding others' mental states is a crucial skill that enables the complex social relationships that characterize human societies, David Carmer Kidd and Emmanuel Costano wrote of their findings. So how do you get kids to read? In our kids' school, they get to choose a book from the library once a week. My son actually chose today. He's in kindergarten. And then they give it back and the next week and take another book the next week. If they lose it, they can't take the next book yet. So he takes a book out Monday. He's allowed to keep it to next Monday. Next Monday, he gives back the first book and then he takes on another book and it continues every week throughout the school year. If they lose it, they can't take the next book. They put it on hold until they find the previous one, which happened to us many times. Our kids love library class. The kids in general love library class. They also have fun Friday. Flashlight Friday coming up where they read with a blanket and flashlight like our son did last year in first grade, which is so cute and so nice. It, it like reinvents the idea of staying up late in your bed, which always seemed a little bit, you know, going against the rules, staying up late. You know, breaking the rules a little bit to read the book, to read that awesome book. That's so good, Mommy. Just one more chapter. Abba, j- Daddy, just one more chapter. Please, one more chapter. One more chapter. Just one more. So they have the Flashlight Friday to kind of re, re reinvigorate them. A principal in TAG, T-A-G, which is uh, one of the high school for girls in Long Island, in New York, Principal Feldman has thought of a way to engage the kids in reading. As pointed out by Jewish Action Magazine, to encourage reading, Feldman has instituted Book Month each year at her school to make reading a cool activity. you got to make things cool for kids, right? 
So it's a cool activity. This The month features a variety of fun activities. Students bring in blankets, and pillows, and a book to read on Cozy Fridays, which is similar to what we talked about, Flashlight Fridays. They fill out book logs for a school-wide reading contest and get to dress up as their favorite character in a book they've read. Education experts in the Jewish and general world agree. Social media, online videos, and bullet point presentations with short sentences and short paragraphs have combined to discourage young students and technology from developing reading habits or appreciating longer tomes. But the well-known children's author, Bracha Goetz, who has great books, especially children's books, says lack of interest in reading is not as widespread among young members of the Orthodox community as it is for the general population because of Shabbos, the Sabbath, which starts Friday at sundown and ends Saturday at sundown, 25 hours of bliss. We have Shabbos because of Shabbos, which greatly contributes to reading time. In other words, kids who aren't turning to television or electronic devices for 25 hours a week are more likely to open up a book. You can't turn on the TV, can't use technology, can't use electricity, except in certain parameters and certain ideas and, and situations and the like. We have it all worked out. In general, though, you're not opening the tube, the television, you're not opening up your social media, open up a book. You're forced to on Shabbos to read and it's wonderful to read and spend family time and, and pray and to eat and to rest. Certain genres can compete more successfully in this age of limited attention spans. Jewish comics are very popular, says Racheli Carmel, a 7th grader from Far Rockaway, New York in Long Island, who is an avid reader. Indeed, visit any Jewish bookstore and witness the sheer variety of Jewish comics available. How does the Jewish community raise a generation of readers? How do we share a love of reading with young students? Here is some advice for parents and teachers called from a variety of education experts on making young readers likely to turn into lifelong readers. Start them young. Children are able to listen to books being read before they are able to read them themselves. They get used to the written or read word. Offer variety. All sorts of reading material is available now. Newspapers, magazines, blogs, etc. As long as they are reading something, let them read. Let the child choose what they want to read. They know best what interests them. Take kids to the library. Make it familiar territory. Start with short-term goals. A chapter a day is easier at the beginning than an entire book. Make it fun. A book does not need to fit into a syllabus or curriculum. Sometimes it can just be an escape or entertainment or for fun. Leisure reading, it's called. Allow children to dislike a book. Forcing them to accept your choice might lead them to resent that particular choice in reading in general. Reading should not be seen as a form of punishment, but something of enjoyment. Model the habit. Kids are likely to pick up the reading habit when they see their parents doing it. Keep lots of books at home. These are all things that my wife and I try to do. And we should all try to do so. Keep lots of books at home so children will not need to go to Barnes & Nobles or a library when they have some spare time. They could just pick up books that you have in your home. Competition. Prizes in school for the most books read and book reports handed in for each one read may spur students to read as many books as possible even if for the sake of the short-term award. I will tell you as a kid, though, I hated book reports, but I understand the value and the, and the benefit looking back, of course. Let children know the benefits of reading. If it teaches them practical skills, improves their grades, or facilitates a hobby, they are more likely to appreciate the reading habit. Introduce your child to a book series. One good book may encourage kids to follow up with other books by the same author and same characters. Discuss book with the kids. Discuss books with the kids. Show that you value their reading. Praise their reading. That will build their self-confidence and make them more likely to keep reading. Boost their thespian skills. Ask your children to act out key elements of a book chapter. This gives them practice in identifying the most important parts of the text and an opportunity to communicate in a format that may be engaging for those with writing challenges. Let kids trade books with their friends. Feldman has started a book swap at her home. Similar to idea of the FLL, but we're not swapping books, but we are giving out. Our children trade books with their classmates to describe why they have found a particular book of interest. In other words, a book club in the guise of a social activity for kids. Finally, Harry Potter! No one has kept track of how many youngsters have been turned into readers through the brilliance of J.K. Rowling's series of books about the boy wizard, but the number in many languages surely must be in the millions. Ruth Statman, librarian of the Base Yaakov of Baltimore Middle School, says she has seen countless students, previously indifferent to reading, who now read one Harry Potter book after another. Rowling, she says, or Rowling, is a genius. I would also add that you can build your own lending library of Jewish books and novels with books you probably already have. That's exactly what we did with the FLL, the free lending library in our basement, which you run out of our bookshelf in the basement. A patron comes at an appointment, takes out as many books as they want. We give them 
A three-week official time frame, we have Jewish adult novels and kid novels through companies such as Feldheim, Shar Press of Art Scroll, Manucha Publishers, my favorite, because I, I, and I say my favorite many times tonight because I really love the way they go about it. It's like beautifully printed. They have beautiful covers. They feel very soft and very nice, and I just like their website and their look overall. There's also Israel Bookshop and Sufta and so much more. And there's so many other things that, that come about from reading. You know, jewishlife.co.za po- po- points out that reading is possibly the most underrated skill we learn as human beings, despite being one of the most beloved pastimes. It boosts imagination, sparks curiosity, provides escape, reduces stress, it feeds the brain, elevates the soul, and exercises the mind, and provides hours and worlds of entertainment to anyone, anywhere, about anything. Countless studies and research have shown the benefits of reading impacting every area of development and potential. The importance of reading cannot be overstated, says speech and hearing therapist Dr. Tali Frankel. As children, reading is the vehicle through which we learn as we get older. Reading is the way in which we can gain access to and understand the broader world. It is the context of much of our everyday working and professional life, and increasingly because of text messaging and apps like WhatsApp, the way we communicate socially too. Reading is the flint that sparks our imagination and curiosity about the world and the magic trapdoor that allows us entry to myriad universes. The mere mention of the subject causes those who love reading, teachers, mothers, fathers, and kids, to get all warm and fuzzy. A love for reading is something that every mother wishes, and father, to instill in her kids and his kids, and every reader knows that without books their lives would be far less in every sense of the word. A non-reader will never understand the joy of turning the page of an exciting book or being able to take more than one book on holiday thanks to electronic reading devices or physical books itself you could take. The relaxation it offers, the escape it gives, be it mindless or mindful, the respite from everyday stresses is absolute. Reading opens many doors to us. You are never bored or lonely if you can read. Books are like wonderful friends, as my wife pointed out many times about her books like Harry Potter. Books are like wonderful friends who can keep us company or open our eyes to context, time spans, and environments we have never personally experienced. We can enter new worlds or return to familiar ones. We can see situations from someone else's perspective or reflect on our own thoughts, says Tali. Literacy, once thought of as the ability to read and write, includes being able to understand, interpret, create, communicate, and compute as well. Just some of the skills it gives us with which to navigate life. Reading enriches our understanding of the world we live and how it works in the people who populate it, says Tali. Learning to read is a defining moment in all of our lives. As we learn to read, our whole body language changes from one of insecurity to one of confidence and good, healthy self-esteem, says Mickey Mayer of The Link, a nonprofit organization that supports the development of literacy and numeracy in children at low-income schools for whom English is a second language. These children show a lack of basic literacy skills, often due to a combination of their disadvantaged background and their second language learning environment. If they can be given the basic skill of reading, they could go on to thrive in all subjects. To these kids, reading is so important, helping them to connect with other people in the broader world, she explains. Simple things would be enormous tasks if we didn't know how to read. Reading instructions on medicine bottles, filling out forms, using a cell phone. For the kids, it's really the best thing to do. It's so good to be involved in reading. There's no question that the greater the attention paid to enriching literacy in the school and home environments, the bigger the impact on the child's ability to read, says occupational therapist with a special interest in dyslexia, Shelley Sosnovic. It is so important to read to your child and to model an enjoyment of reading. Exposure to books and reading is essential for literacy development and enrichment and can lessen the severity of a literacy difficulty. Encourage the use of strong language skills. Cultivate your children's vocabulary. Everyone agrees. To encourage your child and get them to read and instill a love of books for them is so crucial, and the way to do that is to love and read books yourself. It starts from the get-go with bedtime routine, kids settling in with the parents and reading to them using silly voices, singing to them, acting out. How can we help the kids by being someone who loves books and being involved in them? There is a lending library that that one of the patrons talks about, one of the people talk about, they have the Kolo Yad Landing Library. A better way to have kids love reading is for the parents to pass on the passion in themselves by reading the books. When kids see their parents loving books, reading books, they will see the full bookcases in the home, the importance place in having books on all subjects, their curiosity will be sparked. Go to the local library. Unfortunately, many children don't go, and they don't be involved in, in, in stories and in books, and uh, unfortunately, people see that that the price of books are too much. They don't want to be involved. Unfortunately, that's seen, but we can combat that. We can have story time, give people to be involved and to get them involved. Again, there's so many benefits on the mind. It, it has focus and concentration, works the memory skills and vocabulary, language skills, sophisticated learning and, and language. 
and involved in fantasy and make-believe and, and imagination and intelligence. It's emotional intelligence involved, understanding different experiences and emotions, living through a character's reactions and responses, and seeing a glimpse into other worlds and how they feel and think. And his spiritual uplift and giving a book, you know, can make your soul sing with hope and renewed faith and with the beauty and wonder of the world around you, especially when there are aspects of Judaism in the book. And of course, reading between the lines, it can be a challenge and it might be hard, but getting kids involved and helping them out, they can have the ability to be involved in books. We have so many books in our basement of the FLL. We have the storage cubby in the dining room. We have in the little bookshelves in our living room. We have Jewish novels for kids and adults, and it's so wonderful to be involved in reading. I hope, I hope all of us can have a spark and a passion and a love for books. We talked about many benefits of books, many aspects of why books are so awesome, why they're fantastic, why they're wonderful. I hope that you saw a little glimpse why I talk about for the love of books, for the love of books in our life and the life of those around us. If we could be involved in books, we could spark our kids to be involved in books, a wonderful pastime, a wonderful element, a hobby, a leisure activity for us to be involved in. It can make the whole world better. It can make the whole week go by and it can make the whole year fly by. How many books did you read this year? How many books did you read this year? It's just a wonderful thing to be involved in, to participate in. I love books. I think my kids hopefully will love books. My wife loves books. We're a huge fan of all of these different publishers, Jewish publishers in our life and in our home and hopefully many people will be involved in it as well. Involved in the love of books, for the love of books, in Involved with books. This has been Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. Tonight we talked about for the love of books. We hope you join us, God willing, next time, hopefully back at the regular time of 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sheer Enjoyment Radio, on the Sheer Enjoyment Radio app, on the Apple App Store, on the Google Play Store, and many other places, not key radio channel. You can listen to our Tani Talks podcast on all podcast forums, including Tani Talks Staff, Tani Talks OT, Tani Talks Parsha, Tani Talks Perkei Office, and Tani Talks Radio Life. And you can reach me at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. This has been Tani Talks Radio, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Thank you so much for listening to us, and join us next time, God willing, here on the TTR. And I'm your host, Tani.